Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible study posted every Sunday morning at 9.30, our local time in Omaha, Nebraska, which is the time that we come together at the church building for our Sunday morning Bible classes. Now, we know that there are people who are even in the Omaha area who are not able to be with us in person at that time and on that day, but they want to be in God's Word. And we know that other people listen to these podcasts across the country and literally around the world. And we're thankful to have the ability, the opportunity, and the means to be able to teach God's Word on such a widespread basis through the medium of the internet and by means of these podcasts. We know that there are a whole lot of people all over the world who want to learn God's Word. They want to know how to follow God. They want to know about God in many cases. And so we're thankful to be able to teach through these podcasts. And if you're in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and be with us in person, if you're able, at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, 3606 North 108th Street in Omaha. Our Bible classes on Sunday mornings begin, as I said, at 9.30, followed by worship at 10.30, and then Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock, we come back together for another period of worship and Bible study. On Wednesday evenings, a good time in the middle of the week to stop and kind of get our spiritual batteries recharged. Each Wednesday evening at 6.30, we come back together for midweek Bible classes. Now, you're welcome to any and all of these services. We'd love to meet you in person, let you get to know us, and us get to know you. Check us out. And many people have done that, and many have stayed with us afterwards. Now, if you're listening in another area, we encourage you, and and even if you're listening in the Omaha area, we encourage you to share these studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. With your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody get into God's Word themselves and help them grow in their faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So help them. You may help somebody ultimately turn their life around and get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So share these studies with everybody you can all the time. Also encourage everybody to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. Now it's free and it always will be free. We just want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. And when somebody signs up for our podcasting, they will automatically receive to their smart device, whether that's their phone or computer or whatever device they choose, they will automatically receive our Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and a daily radio program Monday through Friday called Search the Scriptures. But also, a short Bible class every day, only about 13 or so minutes long, But it keeps us in God's Word every single day, and we call that today's Bible class. So all of that will automatically go to their smart device, and it will always be free. So tell everybody you can. We're going to get back into our study from the book of Deuteronomy. We have been studying through the first five books of the Old Testament for, oh, quite a number of months now. And and, and in this way, we're understanding the early history of how God developed 
the the family of Jacob, his descendants, into the nation of Israel. And in Deuteronomy, we find God having already led them through Moses, through the wilderness, for a period of about 40 years, so their faith could get stronger, and the adult generations that had, that had demonstrated repeatedly weak faith in God, they died off in the wilderness. So now they've got the, the more youthful generations that are now the adult generations. They've grown up. They've gotten older themselves, and God is ready to lead them into the promised land. They're on the eastern bank of the Jordan River, and in Deuteronomy, Moses is reminding them of their history, so to speak. And he's also reminding them of God's law given to them at Mount Sinai and that God expects them to follow this. And it's interesting that, that really central to this is God expects them to worship him as the true God, the only God. Now, that's not just because God was being arrogant about that and saying, I want you to just respect me as being the only God. No, he is the only God. He is God, God the creator of the whole universe, of this world, of life on this world. God is the God, the only God. And so Moses keeps emphasizing, do not worship some idol. Do not worship an image, a statue, a carving. Worship God. God is spirit. Worship God. As Jesus said, God is spirit, and he expects us to worship him in spirit and truth going back to John chapter 4. Now, we pick up in chapter 15, and what I'm doing now, we're getting into a section where Moses is going through again. He's reminding the Israelites of the different laws that God has laid out for them as to following him faithfully, as to worshiping him, as to how they're to to, uh, treat one another in various situations and so on. And I'm skipping over a lot of that because it gets kind of technical and and, uh, I don't want your eyes to glaze over. (laughs) I know you can't see me over a podcast, but you understand what I mean. And so I'm picking out particular points that we can relate to ourselves today, and we can pick up some principles from God's law to the Israelites that, that really ought to stimulate us to think about, okay, how serious am I about these things too? And how serious should I should I think about my dedication and devotion and commitment to God through my obedience to him? In chapter 15, we, we begin with verse 7, and this is a, a text where Moses is reminding the people about how God expects them to be compassionate toward the poor, the poor people. And it, it's interesting, and I'm not sure that that most people realize that basically, well, basically throughout the Bible, God has laid out instructions to care for the poor, to pay attention to the poor, to see to their needs where it's appropriate. Now, he's not saying take care of people who don't want to work because he said also in, 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 in the New Testament, if a man does not work, let him not eat. But people who are genuinely genuinely poor and they have no resource in and of themselves, 
God has laid out instructions repeatedly. Take care of the poor people. When it's appropriate, while it's appropriate, help them get back on their feet or be taken care of till they can find a job or take care of themselves, whatever. In verse 7 of chapter 15, Deuteronomy, we read this. If there is among you a poor man of your brethren within any of, your, any of the gates in your land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not harden your heart nor shut your hand from your poor brother, but you shall open your hand wide to him. And that is the idea of being open with your compassion and your willingness to help him and willingly lend him sufficient for his need, whatever he needs. Now, this, again, this principle is carried out or repeated, and, well, again, it's basically throughout the Bible. But Jesus talks about this in Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 42, and we read this, give to him who asks you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. And then we look in Luke chapter 6, and Jesus goes into more detail here. Beginning with verse 30, he says, Give to everyone who asks of you, and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. Now, that's what we call the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Verse 32, But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. In other words, if all you're doing is reciprocating towards someone else's love for you and that they're willing to go out of their way for you, and that's all, all, the only reason you're willing to go out of your way for them, he says, yeah, (laughs) that's like the world around you. Sinners do that much. No, he says, you're supposed to be an example above and beyond what the world sees and, and practices. And so verse 33, uh, verse 34, and if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. Well, again, the principle is repeated uh, a couple of times here. Verse 35, but love your enemies. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. And so there's a principle of, well, compassion, and a principle of of being willing to use the blessings that God bestows upon us to help others. And again, certainly when that's appropriate, now, I don't, don't believe he's talking about just letting people run roughshod over you and take advantage of you on an ongoing basis, but he says, you know, be willing to help. Be willing to lend. Be willing to give. Well, God has certainly blessed us, and some of us might be listening to this and say, uh, well, I don't feel like I'm being so blessed just lately. Well, you woke up, right? You got food to eat. You got a roof over your head. Um, you were able to listen to this to this podcast. You know, God's God's blessed you, but Jesus says that God blesses even the unjust. He sends rain and sunshine upon the just and the unjust. 
I, I say Jesus said that. Scriptures tell us that in the New Testament. You know, on the just and the unjust. Now, it's not that, that God doesn't care about a person being unjust or a sin, a sinner, but, but that example of giving those blessings should open the eyes of even those sinners to realize God is good. God cares about me. I need to come to God through Jesus Christ. So we come back to Deuteronomy chapter 7, and we pick up with verse 9 now. Beware, lest there be a wicked thought in your heart, saying, the seventh year, the seventh, uh, the year of release is at hand, and your eye be evil against your poor brother, and you give him nothing, and be and, and he cry out to the Lord against you, and it becomes sin among you. Now we're getting into a specific law that was given to the Israelites that on the seventh year, uh, basically debts were to be forgiven, at least in some cases, and so maybe it's like six and a half years in, and so somebody says, uh, I'm not going to lend anything to this guy because in six months, he can just withhold repayment. In six months, I've got to forgive him the whole debt. And so God, through Moses, is saying, don't let that ungracious and ungodly uh, mindset be within your heart. You do what you need to do at the moment. You shall surely give to him, verse 10, and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him, because for this thing the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and in all to which you put your hand. And so Moses is saying, and of course it's God's word, God's saying through Moses, God's going to take care of you. God knows what's going on. And so for this thing, the Lord God will bless you. You do the right thing. And this is a principle that is, that is a general principle. We need to do the right thing in every circumstance because it's the right thing. You know, what is faithfulness to God? Somebody might say, uh, well, being obedient, okay? Are you obedient to God when nobody's looking? Are you obedient to God when nobody's going to see your obedience? Are you going to be involved in the good works that God has designed for you to be involved in? Ephesians 2 and verse 10 and, and uh, Titus chapter 2 and chapter 3. Are you going to be involved in those good works even when nobody is watching? Nobody is noticing? You see, are you going to do the right thing because it's the right thing? regardless of whether anybody sees it or not, regardless of, any, of, of whether anybody ever comes to know about it. But see, the point is that Moses is trying to get across here. God always sees. God always knows. And God will bless you even if you don't see anybody around you indicating any appreciation or recognition. We should not be serving God to get glory for ourselves. And Jesus goes into that in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. We should be serving God because we love God. And that's, that is motivated by God's love for us in so many ways, evidenced in so many ways. So we should do the right thing even when it's not even when it's not seen by other people, 
God knows. We need to obey God because it's the right thing to do all the time. When we come back to Deuteronomy chapter 7, we pick up that last verse in this particular immediate context. Verse 11, for the poor will never cease from the land. Therefore, I command you, saying, you shall open your hand wide to your brother and your poor and your needy in your land. There's another place where God lays out a law for the Israelites that those who had fields to plant and then to harvest, that they were to leave like the corners. When, they, when it comes harvest time, they were to leave the corners of the field unharvested and leave that for the poor. And as they were cutting down the stalks, whatever it might have been, whatever they were harvesting, if any fell from the gatherers, the harvesters, if any fell on the ground behind them, they were not to go back and pick those up. They were to leave them in the ground so the poor could come behind them and pick those up for food for themselves. God has always cared about the poor. And he has, well, he taught the Israelites through Old Testament times, I want you to care about the poor too. I want you to care for the poor. And New Testament Christianity teaches the same thing. We need to care about the poor. We need to help where we can, when we can, as it is appropriate. And so that is, that is a principle, that is a law from God. And it's not something that, that we should close our minds and our hearts to. God expects us to help in those ways. Now, I'm going to skip over the rest of chapter 15 here, and um, I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on to uh, chapter 16 and pick up with verse 18. And now here is this is a really, really important teaching on the principle of justice. Boy, do we need this teaching in our country today, but not just in our country, all around the world, but we live here. And you talk about a, a place where we really need to pay attention and, and re-examine the principles of true justice from God's perspective. Boy, we need it in our land today, right now. So verse 18 of chapter 16, you shall appoint judges and officers in all your gates, which the Lord your God gives you according to your tribes, and they shall judge the people with, look at this, they shall judge the people with just judgment. Just judgment. Well, somebody might say, well, okay, what, do you, what is just judgment? You know what just judgment is. It's being honest. It's being honest. It's showing integrity, injustice that is, that is pronounced, that is executed. In verse 19, he goes on and says, you shall not pervert justice. And so that clears away a lot of the cobwebs, doesn't it? Answers a lot of the questions. You shall not pervert justice. You shall not show partiality nor take a bribe, for a bribe blinds the eyes of the wise and twists the words of the righteous. We have that kind of thing happening in our country among 
our government officials all of the time. Now, taking bribes, outright bribes in many cases, but in other cases you have politicians who they accept campaign contributions from people who expect them to (laughs) respond in ways that are going to kind of grease their palms or, you know, help them out. And, and, and so instead of the politicians accepting those, those campaign donations, they, they okay, you, you grease my palm, I'll, you know, I'll pat you on the back too. I'll take care of you. Now, is that, is that just? Now, maybe in many of those cases, it, it's, you'd say, well, well, yeah, that's a good cause. I want to help them. I want to be elected so I can help them. But in other cases, it's simply reimbursing somebody who has helped you get elected, whether you really believe in their cause or not, but they gave money to your campaign, so you're going you're gonna to kind of you know, scratch their back as well. And then you've got all kinds of prejudice, all kinds of, of partiality that's shown in government circles, in, in seats of justice, and just on an ongoing basis all across our land. It's, it's so common. And I'm not, you know that I'm not making this up. We see it all the time, all the time. And so here, God through Moses is telling the people, telling these judges that are going to be appointed by God's instruction, don't take a bribe, For a bribe blinds the eyes of the wise and twists the words of the righteous. You shall follow what is altogether just, altogether just, that you may live and inherit the land which the Lord your God is giving you. And so God is saying, I want you to be a holy people. I want you to be a pure people. I'm giving you a land as a blessing in fulfillment of a promise going back to your forefathers all the way back to Abraham. Genesis chapter 12. And I want you to be a people who are living in a worthy manner of receiving that blessing and maintaining it on an ongoing basis. So I want you to be righteous, just, pure, faithful. You shall not plant for yourself any tree as a wooden image near the altar which you build for yourself to the Lord your God. Again, here's idolatry again, the worship of idols or the worship through idols. You shall not set up a sacred pillar, which the Lord your God hates. You shall not sacrifice to the Lord your God a bull or a sheep, which has any blemish or defect, for that is an abomination to the Lord your God. Now, again, and I've emphasized this many times in teaching in these radio programs and podcasts and daily, and, uh, daily Bible study classes, there are many quote-unquote Christians, who practice idolatry, the worship through idols. And that is exactly in contradiction to these instructions here. Now, they'll say, oh, we're not worshiping the idols. We're just, we're, we're trying to pray through those idols to God. What does this say again? You shall not plant for yourself any tree as a wooden image near the altar which you build for yourself to the Lord your God. Uh, There are churches out there who build altars to God, supposedly. You shall not set up a sacred pillar which the Lord your God hates. God is spirit, 
and we're not to worship him through idols, through images, carvings, statues. But there are a whole lot of people who call, them Christ, who call themselves Christians who do exactly that. And there's no explaining it away. It's not okay. It violates scripture principles. And then when we're talking about giving back to God from the blessings that he has given to us, and this really, a lot of people struggle with this when it comes to giving. The collection plates passed around, all they care about is getting money. No, that's not true. It should not be true at least. But God expects us to give back to him from that which he has given to us. Now, that's a biblical principle as well. And our giving in worship to God is exactly that. It is worship to God. And we need to be, we need to be responsible along those lines. We need to be thoughtful and sincere. And so you just reach in your pocket and pull out a buck and put it in the plate. And then you resent even that, perhaps. Is that how God has blessed you? The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 16, verses 1 and 2, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and again in chapter 9, we're to, be, we're to give back to God as we have prospered, as he has blessed us. And willingly, not out of compulsion, and so someone might say, well, that's to see, I, I can't give out a compulsion. I don't need to give out a compulsion. No, no if, if that's your feeling, you need to get your heart right. And you need to pray to God to help you get your heart right. Here the principle is you don't sacrifice to God something that you would say, well, this is the runt of the litter anyway. I'll just give this and sacrifice to God. Uh, this one, this, this animal here, now we're talking about the Israelites in Old Testament times, it's diseased anyway, so I can use that as a sacrifice to God in worship to him. <laughs> Moses, God through Moses says, uh, no, no, no. You give God of your best. You give God of your best. And we need to have that mindset ourselves today. We're going to give back to God of our best from that which he has given to us. And that includes our time. That includes our talents. But don't try to explain away and use time and talents as a loophole to not also give in a monetary way from the blessings that God has blessed upon us monetarily. We'll pick up and move a little further, move into another text of Scripture next time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for blessing us so much. And you bless us in ways that we don't even realize at times. I don't know that we ever realize all of the blessings that you bestow upon us because they are so numerous and they are so deep and widespread. And a lot of times we just take some things for granted that are blessings from you. Help us to be more aware and help us to be thankful and to respond to you in the ways you would have us to. Guide us to use our blessings in ways that are pleasing to you and always be faithful to you, Father. Help us in this, Father, please, we pray. Help us to be more aware 
and more thoughtful and introspective. Please, Father, we pray. Please forgive us and hear our prayer, gracious Father. Thank you for blessing us and loving us so much. In Jesus' name, amen.